Hello, gentle listeners, and welcome to Coffee and Tequila, the show for those who love storytelling and stories, or story stories and storytelling. A little mixed up there, but it's yes. okay. It's okay. My name is Zach. And I'm Alistair. <laughs> and as always, this episode is kindly being sponsored by Helix Sleep. He's trying to find like a little thing. He's trying to find his thing. I kind of like if we do like, uh, my name is Zach and I'm Alistair and this is, and we say it together. I think we should do a little sing along. It should be like a musical. Coffee and tequila. Like, it should be like once more with feeling something. Like WandaVision. Oh, coffee, coffee and tequila. tequila. With Alistair and Zach. Ding. <laughs> um, we do have a morning show for you guys today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of switch it up a little bit and do the hot topics at the end because we're gonna be covering the overturning of Roe v. Wade. It's pretty heavy, heavy. It's gonna be a heavy topic, so we're gonna it's gonna take up the bulk of the episode. I feel like, and so we're just gonna yes. put that at the end. We'll start with something light, things we've watched over the weekend, and uh, check in with you guys. And how are you doing this morning? How are you doing this Monday morning? Is it going good? Is it going well? You doing okay? I hope your hope your week is starting out all right. The finale of Obi Wan Kenobi seemed to have like just come up on us. I feel like that show was seriously like two weeks long. I don't. It, it was weird because it was like it felt anticlimactic to me. Yes, like I felt like there should have been more generated excitement over an Obi-Wan show, especially the conclusion of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it. Well, I also think that it should have been a movie. Even if they just released it on Disney Plus or something, either theaters or Disney Plus, however they wanted to do it, it felt more like a movie, and it felt like I think even you and McGregor said it was supposed. To, it's like a movie that's just split up into a bunch of parts. I'd have been fine with just a movie. I wonder if it I was written as a movie was, and they're they're like make it a six episode. I thing. just don't know why it didn't. It didn't. I don't know. It was weird. It was just a weird like sort of thing that was out there. I had a lot of yeah. anticipation for. It. I had that being said, I did really love the the the. The actual one? The finale of it. Well, yeah. d- d- I, I loved the chemistry, the communication between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Yeah. And I really, so I haven't re- been really into the cinematography for the Obi-Wan show. However, I loved, uh, obviously spoilers if you're listening to this, um, when uh, Obi-Wan cuts... Oh, his, through, his helmet. His helmet. Yeah. And you're, when, whenever you see the blue side, it's almost like you're seeing... Anakin, and then the red side is and then Darth it, like Vader. shifts into red. It was, yeah. That was really, really yeah, that cool. Was cool. It was that very was really cool. cool. So the whole Darth Vader and 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 uh, Obi Wan storyline. That's what I'm really here for, right? I, we all love that. We all, especially us millennials, who really grew up with that, that was, story, the prequels, the prequels right? Yeah. I have to say, unpopular opinion, right? Because the 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 first, the original three movies are so like revered. Um, the prequels are my movies. You know, I don't like the original ones as much as I like the prequels. I don't even think you watched and, the originals uh, until I made you watch the originals. I had seen them, but I know I'd fallen asleep during every single one. And uh, it just, they, they're not my movies. And I saw, I love Obi-Wan. I love Anakin. And I think they just did it. So, I'm so glad they brought Hayden Christensen back and we got to see him as Darth Vader, right? This is 20 years after they were like training hard, you know, to uh, doing the, the, all, yeah. all of these stunts. And now they're doing this the same. Well, they're doing it again now. And it's curious because like uh hayden christensen has to adjust how he fights yeah you know well so this is the problem i have (laughs) with this original trilogy right is that obviously that is what started everything and so they they weren't really thinking you know 30 years ahead and how the fighting style was going to be and stuff like that so i just keep thinking about their final battle 
in in that first movie where they're just both like zoom 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 and just like flicking the wrist basically that's basically their their fighting style now and i much prefer the more dramatic flamboyant fighting style i think that we need to move on to other star wars stories and i'm just glad that we're finally getting more lightsabers in star wars because that's what i'm here for i'm here for lightsaber battles thank you very much i'm like half on like let's move on to other star wars stories right every every time they like bring up a, a solo story or anything like that i'm like let's just move on give us new characters but with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin, I'm like, mm, we still got a few more years before they meet up. You know, they have their that final battle and, and uh, Obi-Wan's gone. Oh, you're, so I, you're saying redo it. No, no, no. I'm saying that. fill in the gap. I want the rest of it. I want, you know, 10 more years of Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm. you know. Um, well, so. people have been pretty, like, back and forth whether they really like it because um, I guess at retcons, a lot of, like, stuff oh, that happened. It? Yeah. Well, because Leia, you know, Talked about how she remembered her mother, you know, and then she called him Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, when she'd only really referred to him as Ben in the show. I, there's a lot of that's stuff. That's okay, though. You, you, I think that's You, you could really go down the rabbit hole it's, of criticism. But I feel like Star Wars, and I hope this doesn't get any, any Star Wars it's plays. It's going to. But uh, a lot of star, the Star Wars, uh, I guess, fandom can be considered toxic allegedly oh gosh but all fandoms <laughs> can it's just you have not fans who just do too much I've, right? I've heard about the doctor who fandom They're, is super not toxic and i would say the buffy fandom isn't toxic the buffy fandom is toxic there i don't is think such a toxic, toxic section of the buffy fandom it just is with every fandom i won't i won't accept that there i have seen toxic buffy fans yeah especially when you talk about a Spike level of or toxicity that uh, whatever you whatever <laughs> <laughs> we also saw uh, it, was, it was good and then also I love Riva um, I want more of her I know she got a lot of criticism for her I she think got a lot she of hate her for, butt off. I, I think she yes. was one of the more interesting characters that was actually introduced in this because we saw the the, the gray Jedi, Jedi basically right I thought hers and her whole arc was pretty good you know we, we understood her motive we understood the anger and the rage inside of her and that can turn you to the dark side but you know there was still that goodness in her that is just classic Star Wars you know and I, I, I am ready for a gray Jedi and I think she, she could be it so I'm excited to see what they do with that they'll probably they're gonna come back with the season two come on now they have to you think so or do you think that they're just gonna do a spinoff I try to look or up movie, to see if they've announced anything but it doesn't look like they've announced. I don't know. Like Mandalorian's getting a bunch of spinoffs, right? It's just getting tons of spinoffs, and so I don't know if Kenobi's going to get any. There, there's there's too much. Simplify your Star Wars a little bit, okay? There's a little bit of too much everywhere. Well, yeah, but it's they definitely want to capitalize on the franchise. We did see Elvis this weekend, also. Yes. What did you think? I think of I actually liked it more Elvis. than you did. I I, I think. I, I think, oh gosh, what's the name of the actor? I've been so excited to see this damn movie while you figure that out. I've been so excited to see this damn movie. Every time the trailer comes on, I make sure to like tell him to quit talking to me or turn face the screen or something because the tra- I have to like give it all of my attention. And so I've been so excited, so stoked to see this movie. And then I have not been. <laughs> yeah, he rolls his eyes at everything. I had to basically drag him to the damn theater to watch this movie. Austin Butler. I thought Austin Butler did a great mm-hmm. job. When he was first cast as Elvis, all I knew him from was Glee, and that was like Which it. is so weird to me. I didn't even know he was in Glee. I know him from Zoe 101. He was in Zoe 101. I, didn't, That's wa- what I, I, I didn't watch Zoe okay. 101. Well, there you go. Um, um, but I watched some Glee, <laughs> and, and I, I, I knew him from Glee, and I thought he was terribly miscast. But, you know, I stand corrected. I thought he did an amazing job. Phenomenal, I, man. I, I feel like it's Oscar-nominative. Worthy? Well, it's the Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. thing, right? Like, it's like we've got music biopics now, you know, that are like coming, you know, 
a plenty. Um, I do think this absolutely will get nominated. He will get nominated for Golden Globe. Absolutely, I I have a lot of faith that he'll get nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if this he'll win. Um, I don't think he will because we're just having a lot of music biopics and like. It, it, you just can't let somebody like you know a music in a, the lead in a music biopic win every single year, right? I, I don't think they would do that. Um, mm-hmm. Just the politics of it, and but I think he absolutely is deserving of an Oscar of this one. He was so good, y'all. He was so good. Yes, in this movie, like a complete transformation. It's a little cringy and a little annoying watching him do the interviews and he's doing the Elvis voice and like I know. haven't because I've heard it is very cringy it's just and annoying. Like, but so that's I've, you know I'm just stayed away from it. That's studio heads telling him how to like he's getting media training right and what to you say and how so. to act and I, I that's what I assume is going on there. Um, but I for the most part have like stayed away from that and it's just like it is such a phenomenal performance. Uh, I think most of the people in this do a phenomenal job and they're performing. Uh, um, Tom Hanks stars as uh, Colonel uh, Tom Parker, and I mean, if you just know the whole Elvis Tom Parker story already, it's 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 already an interesting setup. But we uh, hear the story a lot about these managers really taking advantage, yeah, of especially in the music industry, right? Well, that's and that's the way the movie's framed. Olivia Dijon, it's like okay, as Priscilla, I don't think she was bad as Priscilla. As much as I don't think Priscilla was written the right way in this movie or portrayed the right way in this movie. So I will say shout out to whoever did her hair. Yeah, perfect. Really, oh, really amazing. great hair. Lana Del Rey did her um, hair. I, <laughs> I thought she was a little miscast. I thought we could have I gone didn't... with uh, Lana Del Rey. Well, but uh, no, no, what? no. Why? Because I just don't think Lana Del Rey fits her nail. I don't think so. And I disagree now. I think that's That's fine. okay. I we can disagree fine, on that. We can disagree on that. I think if this movie had been made maybe five years ago, I think Lana Del Rey could have done it. But especially with as much screen time as, as, as Priscilla has, I think Lana Del Rey could have pulled that off because there's not much of it. But I was expecting a lot more Priscilla because Priscilla had a big role in Elvis's life. Um, so, okay, let's go into the story a little bit, right? The story is really framed through Colonel Tom Parker, right? We open with him in the hospital and he you know is going running around casinos in his hospital dress and he is kind of recalling the story of his and Elvis's relationship and I didn't expect them to go like that with the story right I think there was a lot of different angles that they could way have to frame it interesting different there's a lot of different ways that they could have gone with it this wasn't my favorite way that they went with it right um i was expecting a little bit more straightforward music biopic and i appreciate that Baz Luhrmann you know went a different direction with it. Um, I appreciate that. I don't know if I liked that. Uh, well, I, I think if you I got Tom Hanks, you got to use him. I guess, but <laughs> it just, if you have Austin Butler as Elvis Presley, got to use him. You know. I mean, they did. It's, it's just there was a lot of. I noticed <clears throat> this is a two like two an hour and forty minute movie, right? It's, yes. it's 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 you look at the time and it's a little daunting to be honest. Um, but. I didn't think that they utilized most of it in the way that they could have. I think this is the thing about biopics is that when you have somebody with such an expansive career like Elvis, it's hard to really do the whole thing in one sitting, whereas you kind of need to just isolate it to a certain time. And I feel like in the movie, when they get to the Vegas years, that's where the movie really starts to shine and where it really is put together in such an excellent way. And I was so just like invested. Which is interesting because I think that's where it lost me a little bit. Mm. Um, I didn't like the Vegas years as much as the whole setup. Um, But like you're talking about making it kind of like Judy was where they focused on her like last concert 
I mean, in the Vegas years were like years, right? It was a little. It was it was the longer period of time still, but it's just I I would have isolated isolated it to that because we go from his childhood, we go into like his start and how he meets Colonel Tom Parker, which all makes sense with the way that they're like framing this entire story, right? But the beginning half, like the beginning hour of the movie, just feels like one long montage scene, and I don't know if I enjoyed that because there was just so much that we were missing. I feel like they left out a bunch of stuff and they left out. too much and omitted too much information and if you're doing a full story of his life in one movie you there that's information that we did need because let's be real um elvis was not the best guy you know he just wasn't he's an icon absolutely icon he was a trailblazer he did he, did, he did, like did stuff right he has a mm-hmm. legacy for a reason um i think he's inducted into like five halls of fames you know um but he wasn't the greatest of dudes. I think I think Priscilla was like 13 or 14 when they met and got into a relationship. And he was in the freaking military, you know? He was yeah. old enough to be in the damn military. He was like 20-something years old. And they don't talk about that. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about how shitty he was to Priscilla and how, like, kind of toxic that relationship was. That the fact that he would, like, keep her, you know, in a dark bedroom with the TV on and... Well, maybe we should do a Priscilla episode at some Priscilla. point. I do love Priscilla very <laughs> yeah. much. I think she was an integral part in Elvis's Elvis's not maybe not career, but his life, his legacy, and legacy, yeah. life and legacy. Because she was a big deal when he uh, when he passed. He had a, he had debt. You know, he had his 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 estate was not in the greatest spot and they were going to have to sell off Graceland. Like they were very close to doing that. And it's Priscilla who really took it upon herself to like rehab this whole thing. Obviously she had people helping her and like, you know, it wasn't just her doing it, but she really like took the reins and was really out there promoting the, the estate and promoting this legacy and, you know, getting these songs in like all of these different places. Like she had a a very heavy hand in doing that. And she had this young daughter that she had to support and it could it could have been very easy for her to be one of those parents who you know because she was executor of this estate or whatever she was handling the estate until uh, to until Lisa Marie turned a certain age and it could she could have very much like you know uh, drained a bunch of that money kept a lot of that money for herself you know uh, really abused the role that she had before Lisa Marie turned eighteen but when Lisa Marie took over the, her part of the estate. It was pretty well set up because of Priscilla Presley. Priscilla Presley did a damn good job, and I don't feel like they did her. They didn't do her dirty. I think they that she was still really good in this movie, right? Like I still think that she was. She came off really caring, really kind, really like wonderful. But we just didn't get nearly enough of Priscilla in this movie and her story. Yes, I think that was one of my biggest points of contention with this is that we didn't get th- this is not an Elvis and Priscilla movie there it, it's just not she comes in very quick scenes yeah it, it's, it's more about him and his manager yeah and it, it, it's, it's very much told in like third person where we're seeing um, Elvis you know through the manager's eyes and not necessarily through Elvis's perspective yeah which I actually really liked I didn't want to be inside Elvis's head. I wanted to be uh and it's always weird doing that too, right? Is like being in somebody a dead guy's head and we don't really know what he was thinking. Yes. Know what, like and I Well, so, I mean they're both Yeah. Gone. Yeah. 
Yes. But I think, I feel like he had more Tom on this. Colonel Tom Parker had more. Why am I calling him Colonel anyway? <laughs> Tom Parker <laughs> had more Tom um, on this earth to kind of give his side of the story anyway. Yes. And uh, Elvis didn't really because he died, like, you know, he, he, out, of, out of nowhere. Nobody, like, he didn't expect to die, right? So he didn't go out and write an autobiography before he died. Um, I didn't mind it being framed from Tom Parker's. At first, I was like, mm, I don't know if I like that. I think I told you I wasn't sure if I liked that, but I wasn't. Like sitting here now, I don't think I had have that much of a problem with um, it being framed kind of from his perspective and, and about more of their business relationship. I think if they were going to do that, though, I wish they would have just made it a little bit more isolated about that business relationship, right? Because then we start introducing all of this other stuff, and it doesn't really go anywhere because it is it, it just is not the framework of the story, right? Like uh, Elvis's. Uh, ties to to the music at the time that black people were you know coming up with black people were coming up with that that music and they were you know uh the blues and 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 all of that sort of music they were really pioneering that and then you have elvis who came in and was like you know that's profiting off of profit well and and not in a i don't believe in a malicious way yeah i think think he was just that's the music that he grew up with and that's the music that he was interested in doing um but he did get the credit for for that music you know Mm -hmm. like um and i think they kind of touch on that in this movie there are definitely scenes for that but then again they don't delve into it well that's not what the movie's about right so then they kind of like quickly Go like move on. We move on really quickly in this in this movie um, from these different elements, like the Priscilla thing, the music thing, you know. And um, I just wish I think they would have. I would have. I would have loved it so much more if it had just been isolated to like the Vegas years. I'd have been perfectly okay with that. With, with a lot of callbacks, maybe some flashback scenes, stuff like that. You know, even even I think one of my favorites. I'm talking a lot, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I was very excited for this movie and. I still give it like a four out of five. I still loved it. I love Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. I love his movies. Romeo and Juliet, uh, uh, Moulin Rouge, uh, Great Gatsby. Like those are all, I love his style. And I loved hearing that he was going to be doing an Elvis movie. And I think his style is like perfectly fit this movie. It was like so good. And that's, that's why I was worried because I do not like Romeo and Juliet at all. Oh but you liked gosh. The Great Gatsby. I did like Great Gatsby. So I, I think Great Gatsby was like, you know, but sometimes you can like do one thing right. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't seen. I haven't shown him uh, Moulin Rouge yet, so we're still going to go into that one. We have I to. I feel into like that. I have seen it at some point with my mom, but I don't yet remember it. What about so Australia with Nicole Kidman and I Hugh have Jack. seen Australia. Have you, okay, he did I, that I, one too. I, I really wanted to. I didn't like it, but I really wanted to like <laughs> it because I love Hugh Jackman. Yeah, you know, and I I love Nicole Kidman. Yeah, you know, she's like basically the uh, patron. You know saint of amc i get oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> i wish we had that for or the, the movie draft house just move it over to the alamo draft house because that's where we go to our movies she now. needs to do it for every theater um I, I just think baz's style really worked for elvis i really liked it in elvis uh i think it was just the story that kind of got me but there was uh, my favorite scene in this was when they covered the 68 comeback special because that is one of my favorite television specials of all time i have watched that yes, special you, you made me end. watch it when we, got, we got, home, got home and i was like listen i gotta show you when he because let me tell he was hot in that special in the leather the leather suit and the and the, his hair he was like he always had this like 
tan that was just like worked for him. Um, he had this pout. Well, and I, I forgot how attractive he was until the end, and they start showing pictures, yeah. like old pictures of him. And I was like, oh my gosh, he was actually a good looking guy. Because I always think of him as like my mom's generation. My mom had a mm. big crush on him, so it was weird <gasps> to think of somebody like that. They introduced yeah. the, the girls and their crushes on him pretty pretty quickly, and we get a lot of pelvic thrusting and They're close like, ups oh. on the pelvic. Thr- I was feeling that. <laughs> me too. I was like, I was like. Oh. I, like, it. I was like, and you have the men looking around like, why are they acting like this? And then they put him in jail. I Austin <laughs> Butler's uh, pelvic thrusting was a plus Oscar worthy man. Oscar worthy. Um, yeah, the 68 comeback special was one of my favorite specials of all time. And I made you watch the, when we got home, the, uh, I can't help falling in love with you, um, from that special. And it's not, it's like, it's a little bit faster. It's not really a slowed down song, but it's just, it's one of my favorites. And so I was really glad they covered that. Um, I didn't know too much about the the history of that comeback special either, so I wonder how accurate that actually is because it doesn't it doesn't seem probably more accurate than not. I guess hmm. w- would be my guess. But like on one side of the studio, did they have a whole Christmas setup, or was that just like for dramatic effect? I don't know. I guess we'll have to do a little bit of research. Yeah, do a little bit of research. I've never that. been the biggest Elvis stan. I'm not really an Elvis stan. I didn't really. I've never really liked his music all that much. Um, so I'm not. You know. But well, you're, you're well versed. A, I just pop culture in general. I think I'm like, yeah. But Zachary, you're such a hunk of hunk of burning love. Mm, <laughs> so stupid man. Oh. Great movie though. I'd highly recommend it. I am gonna watch it again. Uh, it's, yeah, four out of five for me. What would you give it? I would give it a eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Wait, that's four. Four. No, four out of five. I'd give it a nine out of ten. Okay. Wait, that's no. a four out of five. Eight point five <laughs> out of ten. What are you doing here? What are we doing? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I guess we'll go to ad break really quick. We don't have really have anything else to talk about, and as far as what we've watched, but I we'll, don't think so. When we come back from the break, it's going to get a little bit a he- little bit heavy. We're going to talk about the overturning of Roe v. Wade from the Supreme Court, and basically go from there. We're going to kind of just like let it trail and see see where we go with that. So, yes. but first, a word from our sponsor. Now it's time to tell y'all a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode, Helix Sleep. Helix is a premium mattress and a box company that makes beds to fit your unique sleep style. Do you know what Obi-Wan Kenobi wishes he had in his little cave that he's been living in? Helix Sleep. Actually, you know what? There was a box in the episode when he left the cave, and I'm pretty sure that was a Helix Sleep box. Did he send it to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. We we gifted Obi-Wan Kenobi a Helix Sleep mattress and a galaxy far, far away. Um, he's got the mattress, the pillows, the the, uh, the whole bedding, ensemble. The whole ensemble. Everything that we have. We have a king-size Helix mattress that we absolutely love. So we'll know, we know that Obi-Wan Kenobi's going to love it, too, in between his little lightsaber battles. Helix knows that everybody is different, and everybody has their own unique needs, and so they've made a sleep quiz that'll match you with your perfect mattress based on your needs. I am an all over sleeper. Alistair's more of a side sleeper. He likes a firm mattress. I like, uh, you know, more medium. We took the quiz together and we got the midnight mattress. And one of the best parts about Helix is that they deliver the mattress right to your door for free. It comes rolled up in a box and is super easy to set up yourself. And if it makes you nervous to buy something online that you haven't tried, Helix has a 100 night sleep trial. So you get more than three months to make sure that you absolutely love it. And if you don't, they'll pick it up for you and you'll get a full refund. Well, if you or anybody you know is in the market for a new mattress and you think that Helix sounds right for you, you can go to helixsleep.com tequila where you can get up to $200 off of your mattress and two free pillows. 
And we're back, y'all. Hello. Yeah, so we're going to dive into something a little bit heavy. Uh, just go ahead and get into it, I guess, right? On Friday, if you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock or, or off isolated in the woods and just got back to the internet, on Friday the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey with a 5-4 to four ruling. Uh, so you usually see the the headlines mentioning Roe v. Wade, but we're not. I, mean, I haven't seen a whole lot mentioning Planned Parenthood v. Casey, so I didn't know a whole lot about that one. I knew more about Roe v. Wade, um, and so I did have to do a little bit of deep diving just so that, just for this recording to make sure that I knew all my stuff. I knew basically you had what the context right, what these were right, and I knew what Roe v. Wade was, but I really didn't know what Planned Parenthood v. Casey was. But they both were were overturned. Um, so we're gonna do a quick, just like not really a history lesson, but like a bulleted point of what each of these cases were and what they meant. So Roe v. Wade. In 1969, Norma McCorvey was living in Texas and was pregnant with her third child. She wanted an abortion, but it was obviously illegal in Texas at the time. McCorvey filed a lawsuit against her local district attorney, Henry Wade, and the ruling came out in McCorvey's favor, and they basically said that banning her from getting an abortion violated her right to privacy, which is, I feel like, pretty progressive for Texas. Um, at the same time, however, they didn't and they didn't uh, grant an injunction uh, against enforcing the law, so it didn't really help her at all anyway. She, she couldn't get an abortion. Um, she had to have the baby, and uh, Henry Wade was still prosecuting uh, those participating in abortions. So both sides appealed the decision, and it goes up to the Supreme Court. And in 1973, so it takes a long time in court, right? So in 1973, the court ruled 7-2, to two, that a woman having an abortion went along with her right to privacy. So they do establish a pregnancy trimester table, and so in the first trimester, the government cannot regulate at all, uh, except that abortions have to be performed by licensed physicians. <laughs> Sorry, the words are going to get me, man, the big words. Um, the second trimester, you can regulate some for the purpose of protecting the mother and her health, uh, but nothing outside of that. And then third trimester and onwards uh, allows for some regulation, but there has to be instances where it would be allowed if the mother's life was was in danger. In danger, right? Um, so it's basically going. They're going with fetus viability, and fetus viability is like if the the baby is able to survive outside of the womb on its own. Which changes over time, doesn't it? It does change over time, and it changes with the next one too. So Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Uh, this came, case came up because there were uh, five provisions being challenged uh, that were a part of the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act of eight, 1982. 1882. Uh, 1982. And That's so, what it felt like. Yeah, basically. Uh, there was five provisions being challenged within this whole, uh, this whole act. Uh, number one, informed consent. So a doctor has to inform the patient about everything involving the procedure, the risks, everything, uh, so that the patient can make an informed decision. And this has to be at least 24 hours before the abortion is performed. Uh, number two, a woman has to notify her husband. Number three, uh, minors had to get informed consent from a parental guardian. Number four, medical emergency definition. So the, they had outlined a definition for a medical emergency. Number five, reporting and record keeping were mandated onto places providing abortion. So they had to keep records and do reporting. Kind of yeah. violates the right of privacy, doesn't it? Sounds it? A little like bit like it. That, yeah. Sounds like it to me, yeah. 
So basically, the Supreme Court upholds that abortion went along with every with with the woman's right to privacy. Uh, they did overturn the trimester guidelines because of new scientific findings since Roe v. Wade. I mean, there's a good deal of time there. Uh, this was what 1992, 1992, yes. And there's new scientific findings uh, concerning fetus viability. In essence, they're recognizing the the patient's right to privacy, and they're also recognizing the, recognizing the the state's interest in potential life. So regulations just can't be a like a a substantial obstacle for somebody wanting to get an abortion. Um, but it basically upheld Roe v. Wade, right? And so now on Friday, the Supreme Court ruled on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. This is a, a women's health organization outside out of Mississippi. So in 2018, Mississippi passes the Gestational Age Act. It's signed by the governor and all, um, which basically bans abortions after the first 15 weeks. And the lower court in Mississippi says that they rule that there would be no enforcing of the Gestational Age Act. We're not going to do that. It goes against what, you know... What, what, what we've got in place already. Uh, but it goes up to the Supreme Court, obviously, because of the appeals process. And remember, this is back 2018, so it's taken a long time. Uh, and, and just Friday, the Supreme Court reverses the lower court's decision by 6-3. to three, And this leads to the 5-4 to four vote overturning Roe and Casey, both of those cases. With a majority opinion that abortion was not a constitutional right. And states should be in charge of their own abortion regulations. So, which is interesting because a lot of states were also passing the heartbeat bills mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of years. Texas comes to mind when you think think about that, mm-hmm. and it's them continually challenging this because they know that now that uh, on the conservative side they have a majority on uh, the Supreme Court and are able to do this. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, right? And, and Trump put Amy Coney Barrett into the into the Supreme Court. She was she was uh, appointed to the Supreme Court. And uh, as soon as that happened, a bunch of states really started putting together legislation because they they already knew this was coming, right? So they put together a bunch of legislation and and as soon as this came came down on Friday, almost immediately, there's like a handful of states, like 11 states, uh, 20 over 20 states who were involved in, you know, some sort of legislation, but they're like Texas, especially since we're living in Texas, um, almost immediately it became illegal in Texas to have an because abortion. they had the trigger uh, trigger laws. I think trigger laws. Yeah, they were ready. They, yeah, so they had laws already set in place that if it got overturned, yes, the laws become come into effect. Mm-hmm. And this morning, I was talking to my sister, and she was crying. I was on the phone with her, mm-hmm. and she was like crying and talking about how this affects other women and i have three sisters all of which live in texas yeah and i i I keep on thinking of them when i think about um the fact that a woman can't make this choice anymore well I, i just find it interesting that it's backed up by the right to privacy um and there isn't anywhere we can say a right to your own self you know yeah um and it comes down to like uh the uh we've talked about the property thing uh before when it comes to um your own bodily bodily acts but like for the planned parenthood um versus what was planned parenthood versus casey 
for Planned Parenthood versus Casey, when they talked about the fact that you have to get consent from your husband to be able to do it, mm. um, th- that takes away the right I to was your going body. Away, it, it wasn't going along with your right to privacy and your your own bodily autonomy, right? And, and that was struck down, and I think that was they highlighted privacy again with that. Um, but this, it, it, it it's a major new, step back. It's a it's a major step back, um, and it sets a precedent for what's going to happen next and and what it means uh, to be a woman living in certain states and whether you have access to um, health care, uh, whether you have are able to get time off to go to a different state, whether there's going to you're going to get legal charges pressed against you um, for, for trying to pursue mm-hmm. an abortion or anything like an abortion. And uh, it's. It's a mind boggling. It it's just the amount of people that are going to get arrested now, right? There's going to be a lot of people getting arrested because they're going to try to perform their own abortions on themselves. We're going back into those dark ages where people were doing co-hanger abortions in their, in their, you know, closet in the upstairs guest room, right? Yes. Like we're going to have a lot of that. We're going to have people going to the hospital because they botched that abortion or they're getting back alley abortions and they're, you know, risking their lives. Like that's what we were talking about already in those decisions is, is that you can only regulate if it's like a, a risk to the woman's life. Well, this is absolutely a risk to the woman's life. I think we've, we've been seeing a lot of, especially on social media, a lot of back and forth about, well, you know, what about rape? What about incest? What about, like, my case? And they explain their case and, like, you know, why they should be allowed an abortion. And really, like, we don't, we are not entitled to any of those stories. Like, I'm glad people are feeling comfortable sharing stories like that and why, you know, kind of making their case for abortion and why. But, like, there's no making a case for abortion. That's what, that's the kind of the way I'm seeing it is, like... You shouldn't have no no nobody should have to tell their story about if they were raped or whatever and give up their privacy in order to like make a case for their privacy right so my opinion on abortion and whether it's right or wrong just doesn't matter because I'm not the person getting the abortion you know uh, you're not the person getting the abortion it, it Unless they are standing with a gun to my head and, like, about to pull the trigger, then I, I I don't care what you do over there with yourself, with your own body, you know? I sh- And you shouldn't care what I do either because, again, this isn't just something that is affecting uh, people with uteruses now, right? Because this is, this is now a slope. It's a very slippery slope, and we are now, like, very clearly hurtling into everything. Everything else. So yes. it was It was t- uh, Justice Clarence Thomas that actually said the same day in his concurring opinion, he wrote that the Supreme Court should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell, which is gay marriage, yep. right? And that uh, affects th- th- us. It's gay marriage and also uh, the, oh gosh, what is it called? Now it's... It, Pills that don't let you have babies. Contraception. Contraception. Yeah. And, well, so it goes with it goes with uh, bedroom privacy, contraceptives, uh, gay marriage. There's all of these different issues that are now up on the table, which is insane to me. It is insane to me that anybody has any sort of say in what I am going to do with my own life, right? What you're going to do with your body. Yes, it is not hurting anybody else. What I'm going to do with my body, what I'm, what I, what marriage I choose to have, what it's not hurting anybody. But we, we've had gay marriage legalized for what seven years now, and it's we're like we're it, it, where's the headed now? Yeah, where's like, the headed? Have we really destroyed marriage at this point? Like everybody said was going to happen. You know how has this affected other people? Yeah. 
like this has already been a plan that's clearly been like in the works for a long time. This has clearly been something that's being been worked on for uh, quite a while. And uh, we are absolutely on the hit list. You know, it, it's doesn't, this is the thing is like, everybody. there's a lot of people who make the case that it should be like states should have the, the, the right to regulate their own laws. Right. And I do agree with that to a certain extent, but I only believe that you should be able to like give people more freedoms. Right. Um, it's, it's, what somebody does with themselves, you're born and you own all of this. Yeah, that's you a, own it's yourself. It's a human right, and, and that's my thing. Is I, I, I don't talk about politics, but that's a human right. Well, you own yes, and you own yourself, and so I don't understand how there are people telling you what you can and cannot do with yourself if it is not affecting that person. If it's not affecting anybody else, what? what I don't understand. And so then they're going to start making the case, well, you know, um, gay marriage should be state by state. That is fucking scary, man, because we do live in Texas. And I know where Texas is going to go with that, right? That shit gets overturned. We're not going to – I don't know what they're going to – like the military, I feel like, is going to hold on to, you know, I I think they're still providing – abortion care for people in the military right they I, I think they've they've announced they've said that and i think they would still honor her marriage but texas is not going to honor her marriage texas is going to like completely roll back on it and i bet they're getting ready to do that too and it's infuriating because it just has nothing to do with anybody else if i am married to you and we are sitting here in our our married home why why are other people so concerned about what we're doing in our bedroom and in our house, and like, why are people? Uh, they, 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 they've even talked about overturning uh, or or reenacting like sodomy laws, and I've seen conversations yeah. uh, uh, about that everywhere, and where it would be illegal to be gay uh, or do gay acts in certain places, and that's it's it's very concerning. It's just so strange what it, that anybody else is is concerned about what you're doing in the privacy of your own home. The the right to privacy is in the constitution. And there's like a bunch of different like sort of it wasn't clearly outlined in there, which is why courts are having to decide whether this they're, meets they're like, that this or isn't this what they that. meant when yes, they did this. Exactly. Which, is, which yes, your job as a justice is to interpret uh, the constitution, interpret the law. Um, However, like you can't say, hey, yeah, you know, this was supposed to protect our human rights, but not those human rights. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> privacy <laughs> like is privacy. And this crazy. is my privacy to do what, what I wish to do in my own life, right? And somebody who decides to have an abortion is just that is a private thing for them and has it should have nothing to do with anybody else. And no government should be able to interfere in that and interfere in your privacy. You know, you know what the problem is here. This, this is the, this is exactly what the problem is. We don't have separation of church and state, and there's a clear group who is aggressively pushing the Bible more and more and more, if that's even possible, into into government. You know, into into laws being made. Into we're about to be like a full Christian nation, and. It's wild to me because it's just not, this is not what this country is supposed to be. I, I mean, even the week before this, we read through the Texas GOP's uh, exactly. agenda that they pushed. And it Let's was. Let's go through some of that, shall we? <laughs> okay, the Texas GOP put together their platform for the uh for 2022 and that came that came out just right before right before the Supreme Court ruling. Uh, and they are very, very clear in their intention here. 
They they are not pulling no punches. They are completely going for it. So uh, line 800. Homosexuality. Homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. We believe there should be no granting of special legal entitlements or creation of special status or for homosexual behavior, regardless of state of origin, and we oppose any criminal or civil penalties against those who oppose homosexuality out of faith, conviction, or belief in traditional values. No one should be granted special legal status based on their LGBTQ plus identification. Nobody's asking for special treatment and special rights and statuses, right? We are asking to not be discriminated against. We are asking to... To, We're asking for the same rights as everybody else. I'm asking for somebody not to be able to kick my ass and kill me in the street and then say, well, it was my religious belief that he was doing the wrong thing with his lifestyle choice, his abnormal lifestyle choice. We're asking for the ability to, like, if something happens to you medically or something happens to me, to have the right to be in that room and make those kind of decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're asking for the right to be able to file taxes together. Yeah. We're asking for the... Uh, for We are blessedly married yeah and we get benefits from that from the army um and uh, we wouldn't have that if uh we 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 weren't allowed to be married yeah um line 1165 human sexuality we affirm god's remember this is this is the gop platform this is what they are running on this is their government right their government plan Everybody, they all signed it at the beginning of the book. We affirm God's biblical design for marriage and sexual behavior between one biological man and one biological woman, which has proven to be the foundation of all great nations in Western civilization. We oppose homosexual marriage regardless of state of origin. We urge the Texas legislature to pass religious liberty protections for individuals, businesses, and government officials who believe marriage is between one man and one woman. We oppose the granting of special legal entitlements or creation of special status for sexual behavior or identity, regardless of state of origin. We oppose any criminal or civil penalties. They're really pushing that one, too. They keep putting that one in there. Line 1182, definition of marriage. We support the definition of marriage as a God-ordained legal and moral covenant between one biological man and one biological woman. Line 1191, nullify unconstitutional ruling. We believe the Obergefell versus Hodges decision overturning the Texas uh, law prohibiting same-sex marriage in Texas has no basis in the Constitution and should be nullified. Like, how much clearer do you get? Also, in line uh, 1216 through 1218, uh, they talk about in the state of Texas should allow children to be adopted only by married or single heterosexuals. Mm -hmm. And then um, they also talked about civil rights in here too. They go, they go through a bunch of stuff. I, I mean, we're 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 kind of focusing here on gay marriage a little bit because that's just more relevant to us. But there's we're all under attack, right? Okay, so they're going they're going after abortions and people's right to privacy with that. They're going after gay marriage. They're going after if you're trans in Texas. There's nothing for you in Texas. Uh, uh, you you have you they you have nothing. They, they're going they, after mental health. Mental health. They won't allow you to change your gender. Um, on on any sort of legal documents, you know, none of this is shocking though. Reading all of that, it's it's it just feels insane to read in 2022, but it's not shocking. Um, I feel like there's this really aggressive group of MAGA that are that are overtaking the Republican Party and have a very clear. They're giving their this intention is clear. 
You know, they're they're clearly outlining all of this. They're clearly writing all of this out. They're not sugarcoating it. They're not telling you how long how long were people gaslighting us and saying and saying, uh, oh, it's the law of the land. Gay marriage is the law of the land. Abortion is happen. the law of the land. Nothing's going to happen. We're not we're not going for that. They're they're not they're not saying that no more. They're they're absolutely going for that. They, going they even wrote it out abnormal. Abnormal homosexual, homosexual lifestyle. lifestyle or whatever the, that whatever the wording was there that's what we lead we lead an abnormal heterosexual lifestyle it's just i mean homosexual it's 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 not shocking but it is very painful to read because texas is my home and all of my ties are in texas all of my family is in texas all of your family's in texas like this is this is our home um, this was absolutely when we first started dating and started, you know, planning our life together. This is the place that we said we were going to end up. We wanted, we wanted to, to like bounce around a little bit, but we knew that we would probably always, you know, end up in Texas. But like, if you don't, if, if we don't feel welcome in a place, if, if it, the, the the thing is, if stuff, if stuff like this happens, if I don't feel welcome as a gay man, yeah, you know, if, if we're not able to adopt, if we want to adopt, if we don't have the same rights as our heterosexual peers, mm. then I'm sorry. I don't want to be there. I, if I'm unwelcome, yeah. I don't want to be there. And I want to fight to stay here. I do want to fight to stay here. I think, you know, voting is, is there's a lot of conversation about voting and, you know, it being pointless and all of that. But, you know, we still have the, we still have the privilege of voting. So I still want to do that. Um, and I do want to fight to be here. But, I mean, if it comes to it, my marriage to you is much more important than any tie I have here. And I've, I've, I've had long conversations with my mom and I've, I've told her I, I will leave Texas and never come back. You know, I will never step foot back inside this, this, uh, state again. And then you have people going, Oh, just don't go. We want you to leave. We don't want you to come back really. And that's their intention. Anyway, they don't want, they don't want us to be here. They are making, they're trying to make it very difficult for us to, to build a happy life here, you know? And, if that's what they want, I'm not, you know, if, 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 if it starts swinging that way and, and it's clear that it's unavoidable, then we're, we're gone. Well, the thing is if it affects everybody and I'm, I'm even thinking about it right now, we leave the, we leave Texas, but you know, that, that doesn't mean that gay people aren't still in Texas. Yeah. You still have children. You, you know, that's the, the thing is like, they're, what are they trying to do? Yeah. Are they trying to like, cause you can't eradicate gay people. They're there. We, we, we you can't get rid of them. It's just, you're us. wanting to push people back in the closet, but that's what they believe, right? Is that they can eradicate gay, gay people. You know, they can just get rid of them and we, then they're, they're just not going to be gay anymore. But that's just not, that's not how it is. That's it's, this is nature. Well, I, they even actually touched upon cons- conversion therapy yeah. a bit in um, their their statements. They're completely fine with conversion therapy. Um, you know, but then it comes down to like, it's just, where do we go? If, if we can't be in Texas, if we do have to leave, where do we go? This fucking country is so expensive. I, I would, you know, I'd love to go to Oregon or something like that, but it's fucking expensive everywhere. Everything is so expensive. Everything nowadays. is expensive. It's going to be expensive Cost to like leave. And it, like my, my sister, like I said, I talked to her today. She's, you know, her, her rent for her apartment. She, she lives in Austin went up by like $1,500. Mm-hmm. Now she can't afford to live where, she, where she's living. So she's having to leave Austin because everything is getting so expensive in all of these places that people who have lived, my, my sister's lived in Austin for like 20 something years. Yeah. And now she has to leave mm-hmm. because she's being priced out. And this is happening everywhere. Everything like our, 
our apartment is getting more expensive. And it's so it's so easy for all the people who who are not on this end of the stick, right, to be like all the people sitting in liberal states and like where where everything's fine for them. They're like, oh, well, just leave. You should leave Texas. Just leave. It's not fucking easy. This is not an easy thing, you know? It's possible. It's not impossible. It is very possible, but it's just like, have a little bit of fucking sympathy for people who are like actually being actively pushed out of their homeland, right? Like, have a little bit of fucking sympathy for that. And I'm, I'm a little bit pissed off with the, how I see people acting and reacting and being like, you know, everybody, uh, you know, there are people fucking trapped in Texas who will never be able to leave Texas, who come from really big families and they can't, like, their families rely on their support also. Like, that. that's a... A lot of Latino communities, you know, have a lot of families who every member of the family are contributing to that household, right? They can't all just like pack up and leave. Well, you, but they can't. But also, we have to recognize, especially in places like Austin and San Antonio, mm. they are being priced out. Yeah. Of their homes. They're still being priced out, but they like can't leave Texas. So like, no. where, the, where the fuck do they go? They're they, going to even they, worse they neighborhoods. They to smaller towns. Yeah, exactly. It's just... We're, we're in this fuck, we're in this hellhole right now. We're in the hellscape. This country is like in this hellscape right now where there is like no comfortable option, you know, unless you're, unless you're on that side and they're, they're like, unless you're wealthy, heterosexual, mm -hmm. cisgendered, then, and white, then I, I, you know, who's going, you know, who's not going to have no, no problems with, with abortions, right? All the politicians and their families. Whereas if you're in a low income family in Texas, you don't afford the time or the money uh, to send your, uh, your, 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 your daughter or, uh, your somebody who has a uterus, yeah. you know, who has a womb outside of, uh, Texas to get the procedure. But even if you do, even if you do, Doing that could be against the law based on your state. You could, by crossing state lines and going and getting an abortion, you could come back and be charged with something to by doing that, right? And then you have people saying, "Well, you know, maybe you should, you should, you should just abstain. You shouldn't have to have sex. Just don't have sex. Sex is not a bad thing, you know. I, I spent a lot of time really thinking that sex was a really bad thing, and it's not a bad thing, you know. Be safe. Like it's 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 very easy to to be safe and to practice safe sex, but sex is not a bad thing. And sometimes contraceptives just don't work. That does happen where contraceptive won't work, and it is not anybody else's business whether somebody has a baby or not. It does not matter if you believe that abortion is right or wrong because it has it is. If you don't, if you think abortion is wrong, don't have an abortion. If you think gay marriage is wrong. Don't get married to a gay person. What well, I, I, I <laughs> like, I also want to make just a clarification that I, yes, our opinions don't matter. Uh, not because we're men, but because we're our sexual organs aren't aren't for that, right? Not even just and that. Not if, even just if, that. if you're a womb having person, this is this this affects you. It's not even just that. It's just the fact of a, a, a single person's privacy, right? Like this does have an effect on everybody because everybody has the right to to have the privacy to do with themselves what they choose and what is the best option that they believe is the best option for themselves right it does not matter to me if somebody else goes and gets an abortion you know i just won't have an abortion i won't have an abortion <laughs> you know i think that's pretty easy <laughs> It's just, you know what else? Just before we go, you know why all this is hurting? Um, 
because it does hurt, you know. This overturning Roe v. Wade hurts. The the impending overturning of uh, Obergefell hurts. Um, and you know why it hurts? Is because I, my family, you know, um, extended family, members of my family, you know, they they will vote red no matter what. It does not matter, right? They may not, like, they don't give a shit if I'm married to a guy. They don't give a shit if I'm married to you. They like you. They don't give a shit, but they will never be aligned with the left. They will never be aligned. They will never be called a liberal. Nothing. They'd, they'd fucking drive their car off, off uh, you know, a bridge. Before they'd get they're rid of all a, their trucks. They, <laughs> before they're called a liberal. And so they're going to vote red uh, no matter what. Even if it means taking away, you know, so I, I, a lot of my family really preaches the importance of family and, you know, looking out for your family and you don't go against the family and you, you, you look out for your family and you take care of your family. But, uh, you know, I have a feeling politics is not going to uh, that that rule is not going to extend beyond politics. You, you, politics comes first. You got to vote red no matter who. Right. The gas price is going up. Well, that's why we voted red. I'm sorry you lost your marriage. Um we just need to have a bit more empathy. It's just sad, and it really it does hurt because these are people I like, but these are people I have a feeling it's it's not going to uh, it's not going to end well with these sorts of relationships that I have, you know. And your families will. I mean, yeah. you've got a lot of red in your families it, as it, well. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, both my parents are are very red, mm-hmm. very um, much Fox News watcher. But not all my family is like that. I just wish, like, I think where I stand on everything, I may not be the smartest when it comes to politics and all that, but I know I know one thing, and I know that live and let live is a really good mantra to go by, right? I think you do what you want with your life, as long as it ain't affected me, and as long as it isn't, you know, um, going to hurt me actively, yeah. I don't care what you do, right? Go do whatever you want. If, if it's not hurting anybody... Go do what you want. Go live your life. Go be happy. Why are people making themselves so miserable and unhappy by worrying about what I'm doing with my life? Why are you stressing yourself out, making yourself red in the face when a woman talks about she's going to get an abortion, right? Like, it doesn't have nothing to do with you. Go live your happy life. Go be happy because you're not happy. Go be happy, and I will do that as well. I won't worry about you, okay? Um, if you need help, I'll help you. If you need if you need some some milk, come to my door and I'll give you some milk, right? But don't you're gonna have to come to my gay door and knock on my gay door and ask for some milk, you know? Um, I think there was a perfect clip from uh, the Young Turks where she says, "I will, you know, fight for your religious freedom. I believe in that. I believe in your religious freedom, but." because you believe in the Bible doesn't mean everybody else believes in the Bible. And so we are not all going to live our lives by the Bible. You know, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus is the Savior, all of that. Church and state, that's a separation. We need to have that for a reason because not everybody subscribes to the same beliefs. beliefs. They just don't. And... Go live your life in your house. Go read the Bible. Go to church on Sunday. Go read it, you know, on your own. Be happy. And if I don't want to read the Bible in my house, I don't fucking have to. If you don't want to live by those rules, you can make up your own rules as long as they don't affect anybody else. Yeah. As long as you are being safe 
as long, well, as long as you are thinking about others. The thing is, like, I, I think it's still a question of empathy, and people are very much think about it in their own mindset. And it's, for a lot of people, it seems like they're pursuing this, like the, they view uh, civil rights or they view, um, uh, you know, marriage equality as somehow making their marriage or who they are lesser than I just is. don't understand it like why is it what 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 about it is affecting you honestly what they, about they, it so because, because they don't get to be the top dog anymore well somebody so I have seen people say well you know we we don't want our tax dollars going towards abortions because we don't believe in that okay but that's not now everything's overturned and people can't get abortions at all so like there was no middle ground there it was like one or the other and now nobody you know people's right to privacy is being taken away left and right and there is no conversation about whether tax dollars should pay for abortions or not. Like, you're not even allowing for that conversation because you've just taken it all away already, right? Like, states should not regulate and put penalties and regulations on how people are living their lives. If anything, states should just make life more free. The, the freedom to pursue life, liberty, or the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Isn't that what it is? Yep. Isn't that what it is? So then why are we taking that away from people, you know? I don't get it. I don't get it. It is not computing to me why people are so invested in how others are living their lives. Why? Why? If a man wants to go and marry a 13-year-old girl, it affects her. That's how you said you, you thought I was going somewhere else with it. <laughs> His eyebrows raised. It affects her. Right? So we don't allow that. We don't allow that because it's affecting somebody else, right? Um, I'm married to you. You're consenting. I'm consenting. We're both old enough to consent. It had nothing to do to anybody else, right? Nobody's going to hurt from this. Exactly. That's your parameter right there. Is it going to hurt somebody? I didn't expect you to bring Elvis back into the equation. Oh, there you go. Oh, my gosh. We did, didn't we? Oh, it all goes back in a circle. But it just is it's, it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. And it feels like there's no talking to each other anymore. There's no coming up with solutions and, and, and compromises that, that suit everybody and that create, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're just like, are we just straying that far from it now? And we're a week from um, the 4th of July, too. So. Oh, goodness. There we go. There we go. It's an interesting time to do this. Yeah. You know, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm not just, even going to, I'm not even going home for 4th of July because I just can't be around. I can't be around everybody knowing that, uh, knowing that they're going to vote a specific way. That's going to be harmful to me. That the way they're going to vote is going to, it's going to hurt me. It's yeah. going to hurt me. Like that's affecting somebody else. I think we should take those rights away. <laughs> Oh my goodness! It was a long, long-winded conversation. Is there anything you want to add, Bubby? I just want to say that I hope everybody's having a. Despite all of this, I, I hope that everybody's week goes amazingly, mm -hmm. and that you all take care of yourselves. If you can go out, we had a protest in, in um, El Paso um, when this whole thing happened. The, the Friday night. Um, if you can go out, if you can support protests, do that. If you can donate to anything, don't donate to the text messages that are saying, you can't get an abortion. Donate $15 to the Biden campaign. Fuck that. But there's other places you can get it. You can donate your money to. Um, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> that's, it felt dirty. Oh, no, it, but that's politicians, right? That's exactly who politicians are. Oh. Um, they all do it. They all do it exactly the same. Um, 
support how you can really, you know, care about other people and let them live their lives. And if you don't agree with the way they're living their life, keep them, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, then you don't have to live your life that way. You don't have to be there. And baby, I'm very happy to be married to you. And our marriage is the proudest thing that I, I have. Really? This is the proudest thing that I have, right? I and Brando can vote to take away our rights, but we will always be married in our hearts. <laughs> no, I, I I really appreciate all the rights that we have. Yeah, being married, and the thing is, like, I didn't realize how important marriage was to me until we were able to get married. So I'm very, very, very thankful for those who came before us and were able to blaze uh, a trail for us to have these rights, mm-hmm. and I want to keep them. Yes. We're on fight to keep them. Because if we're suddenly unmarried, it, I'd be I'd be very upset. Yeah. We'd have to move to Ireland or something. Ireland. There's going to be states here, but we're not going to be able to afford to live in them. <laughs> and then we move our cups. That was a fantastic episode, y'all. We're so happy that you sat through this whole morning show with us. We hope you, we've started out your day pretty well. Um, that You've started out your day well with us. And uh, I think this is my favorite episode to date, honestly. It was a dark episode. I mean... It was a dark episode. It's gonna be dark. <laughs> so we're 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 really fighting, guys. We're really fighting. Okay, we got a long way to go apparently because we just keeps backsliding, backsliding, and backsliding. Um, but we hope we can provide you guys a little bit of just just you know a little a break, a little break from everything that's going on in the actual world on Friday. What are we gonna be doing on Friday? What what story are we doing? We have well, we, a story. we have a couple that we have to choose from. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. We were talking about Dog Day Afternoon, and I'd kind of like to do that, but... Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon seems very interesting to me to cover, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens. We will see. And as always, if you guys enjoyed the episode, you can make sure to go give us a review on Apple, Spotify, on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Uh, let us know all your thoughts, constructive criticism, comments on the on the, on the the hot topics, on the movies, any of it, you know. Give us a like. It really helps us out. Kind of pushes us out there. And uh, Also, also, we have started a TikTok, guys. Oh, goodness. Here it comes. Here it comes. TikTok um, at Coffee and Tequila Show, if you want to check that out. So we're going to be posting clips. And then we'll also have videos that aren't available, you know, on the podcast anyways. So you could just check those out. Um, we also have Instagram if people want to follow us on Instagram yeah. and get updates. And we have a Facebook page. It's Coffee and Tequila Show on everything, right? Yes. Yeah. Coffee and Tequila Show on everything. So it's pretty it's pretty uniform across the board. Uh, just join our community. <laughs> you are the TikTok experts. I'm taking his lead on everything TikTok. And it is it is going to be a journey. I don't know. I just like, I, I'm not a TikToker. I'm just not, and I'm not there. Well, yeah. you're, 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 you have excellent work ethic. Mm. And I feel like uh, that's going to translate really well to TikTok. Maybe, hopefully. maybe, possibly. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, go follow us over on there on Instagram. We're coffee again, coffee and tequila show and everything. We will see you guys on Friday for the late show. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a fantastic week. Adios. <laughs>